Hi, welcome to our podcast, Three to Live By, where we work to find simple answers to life's dilemmas. I'm your host, Suzanne Benford, and my co-host, Greg Sweet Tea Dog Maddox. Hello, hello. Today, our topic is setting boundaries. I know it. Boundaries are so important, aren't they? They really are. We often let people cross our boundaries or give in to people who get upset with our boundaries. Some of us just aren't necessarily all that great at setting them and holding them. I am probably one of those people. I'm mm. Mr. Laidback and don't want to have any big rules or any uh, policies. But you know, I think I need to learn how to set more boundaries and you know, I try to help clients set boundaries. So I'm going to learn from this podcast too, okay? I think so too. Me, I have struggled with setting and holding boundaries over, you know, my years. But helping people set boundaries does make me look at my own behavior for sure. Yeah. When I say boundaries, what I'm talking about are limits that you set with other people about yourself, whether that is limiting unacceptable behavior from someone else, or preserving your own safety, security, sanity, not letting people run over you. All right, you ready with your three? Okay, who wants to go first today? I'll go first. Okay. My first philosophy is no is a whole sentence just by itself. I know I've used this one in the past, but it is definitely appropriate here. You can punctuate no however you want to. You could put a period, you could put an exclamation point, you can put a comma and say some more after it if you want to, but it is a whole sentence just by itself. You can pretty it up. I won't be able to do that. No, that isn't going to work for me. We act like no is a rude word. But I don't think that it is. It is a boundary-setting word. It is the ultimate boundary, no. It's short, sweet, concise, Mm -hmm. and so very hard to keep, though, right? It really is. It is. That's something I hear from my clients a lot when we are working on boundary-setting, is they feel like it is so rude to just say no. And so they want to get into explaining themselves or rationalizing why they are saying no or justifying why they, and you don't have to, you can just leave it at no, even if the other person is uncomfortable with that. But of course you're working against inertia, against your habits, your history of how you've related and what Mm -hmm. you've let go. And you might hold up for a time or two or a week or two. But things often switch back. So how do you keep boundaries week in and week out? Tell yeah. me about tell me that one. I think the more you practice it, the easier it is. That is something that I've worked on for years. And there are times it is still really hard for me to set and hold boundaries. Mm-hmm. But it is much easier now than it used to be. I think that I don't spend as much time worrying, did I upset them? Did I make them mad? I find it a little easier to just set a boundary and leave it. Yeah, that makes sense. After a while, it becomes the new habit, the new style. So it becomes a little easier as it goes by. Mm -hmm. That's true. What's your number one? Remember you are an individual. What I mean by this is that 
yes, many of us are in a couple relationship, in a family unit, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all individuals who have a right to set boundaries so that we feel respected and comfortable in our relationship and in our lives. So basically, this maxim saying that we have a right to set boundaries because we are individuals. I like that one. There, there used to be this guy I knew who would say, we're not twins if, you know, somebody would get upset that he didn't like the same thing. And it's true. We may like similar things to people in our lives, but we're not twins. And there are going to be things that somebody else might be okay with, but maybe we're not. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So setting sort of little house rules for how, what your space is about, what's mm-hmm. your, what's acceptable and not acceptable. Is that what it is, sort of, you think? I think so. Teaching people how to treat you. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you. That helps out. All right, philosophy number two. It is okay to not answer everything that comes your way immediately. You can let calls go to voicemail. If you're busy or whoever is calling you requires a lot of energy, let it go to voicemail. You can always call back. Or that text, you don't have to answer it right away. Or that email, you don't have to answer it right right away. Whatever the communication is, it can wait. If you're busy or stressed out, you can wait till you finish what you're doing or until you have some time to calm down and think through how you might respond to that person. I'm a huge fan of do not disturb on your phone at night. I'm a big fan of the block feature for people who don't respect your boundaries. I had this woman I was working with a few years ago. She was completely overwhelmed and consumed by her adult son who was not doing well. He struggled with substance use. He really had difficulty maintaining employment. He wasn't caring for his child. He often had financial issues. She was answering every phone call from him. She nearly exhausted her retirement account. She was just constantly on edge. She had trouble sleeping. She wasn't able to relax. She was crying all the time. She just was completely consumed with him. Every time she helped him financially or helped him get a job or helped him get a place to live, she thought, okay, this will be the time that fixes it. This is going to be the time that helps it. And then he'll be fine after this. But there was always a next time, always a next time. This was going on for years. He would call her at all hours. She would answer the phone. He would text at all hours. She'd respond to that. She'd whittled down her retirement account to almost nothing. But she just had this guilt every single time he responded that she or every time he reached out to her that she had to respond. So the first thing we worked on was her not answering all of his phone calls. I even showed her how to put on that do not disturb feature on her phone. And we said it at that time with her permission. I didn't just like, you know, go forward like a bull in a china shop to show her how it would just automatically turn on at night and just that little bit to not respond to his phone calls or his texts in the middle of the night decreased her stress so much that she was willing to 
consider other boundaries to set with him. And she was, frankly, super surprised how, how much her stress level decreased after that. Yeah, that's a great example there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That she didn't have boundaries with him, and it was creating chaos and havoc in her life in all ways. So, yeah, it improved her life. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the cool thing, in the long run, it probably improved his life too, didn't it? Yeah. he. Uh, I think that a lot of times if people are not respecting the boundaries on their own, that they fight against it in the beginning. And he did. He had a really strong response, was not happy that she was not responding to him right away. But eventually he started to figure things out for himself with her support, but not with her doing it for him. Yep. And he probably, some part of him had guilt about what he was doing. He probably knew it wasn't right. So yeah, standing up for yourself can help you and the other person Mm -hmm. at times. Very good story. We're on to number two, aren't we? Number two. Yep. Are you drinking vodka over there? Mind your business. She's drinking some clear liquid. (laughs) I know I should assume it's water, but it's sort of fun to think. Maybe she's sipping vodka. Oh, yeah, just chugging it over here. Oh, boy. You must be a middle ager. (laughs) No longer a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number two. Boundaries are often for other people, but we can set boundaries for ourselves, too. Setting boundaries for yourself, like don't overextend yourself, don't eat after 9 p.m., don't go to bed angry. I think that's another aspect of boundaries. I don't know. Is it? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Thank you. I wish I came up with it. Sarah, Sarah came up with it <laughs> when we were talking about boundaries. She brought this one up. So, Sarah, thank you. Yes. This is Sarah. Nice My one, wife Sarah. is her boundary. It, it, it is a great one. So often we go outside of ourselves, but yeah, it. I think it's helpful to set boundaries with yourself. Also makes you pay attention to your own behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. What do you got for us? All right. Number three. Letting go of the responsibility of someone's response to your boundaries. If someone has been violating your boundaries, they are going to get really upset when you start setting them. A good gauge if you're truly being a terrible person or mean by setting boundaries is to consider if you would have the same response to them if they set that boundary. So if you ask someone for money and they told you no, would you get furious threatening, curse at them, etc. If you ask someone on a date and they declined, would you call them names, say rude things about them? I know we don't talk about this part of it a lot on this podcast, but women are often taught as girls that we have to be nice if we set a boundary. We should be gentle and sweet and make it as softly as possible. I deal with this particular subject a lot in sessions with women who've experienced sexual trauma. And women tend to just torture themselves emotionally with trying to figure out what they did to cause someone else to cross their boundaries. And the answer is nothing. We are not responsible for anyone's poor reaction to our boundary. So I know that that is um, heightened 
example of what it's like for someone else to cross your boundaries or not respect your boundaries. But I think it also tells you, even if someone is, you know, like, well, she's a jerk because she said not to call her at 3 a.m. There you go. That's that person's attitude to your boundary, which is reasonable. Don't call me at 3 a.m. Unless you have limbs that are falling off or in the hospital, if it's an emergency, like a true emergency, it's bleeding or on fire, and you need my response at that time, don't call me at 3 a.m. Yes, that's such an important aspect of setting boundaries is you have to deal with if someone thinks you're not this or you're not that or you're mean, guess what? That's okay. You have to realize you can't please everyone. People might get upset at first. And even if you, you could lose some, a friend, uh, and guess what? If they don't respect you and they don't care that you need boundaries, that's a sign that there's a problem in that relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It is. You're worth the boundary you set. Yep. All right. Go ahead, Craig. Number three, we can be too rigid in enforcing boundaries. So, <laughs> well, I'm sort of got the flip side to you on this. <laughs> so yeah, I sort of wanted to point this out perhaps. Um, it came to me, I was thinking back in my first marriage, I used to try to set a boundary with my wife. She would be wanting to give me feedback and criticize, and I'd say, that's my jurisdiction, not yours. And that was my way of trying to set a boundary. And you know, I think it was fair sometimes So I would tell her, that's my jurisdiction, not yours, like where I work or what I spend extra money on. And it it would be easy to get into a habit of saying, boundaries issue here, boundaries, or Mm -hmm. keep saying, not your jurisdiction, not your jurisdiction over and over again. But the reality is that many things are naturally going to need input from other people. It does affect their lives, how much money I spend and where I work. So I guess you got to be careful maybe not using boundaries as a weapon or as a control device. For sure. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that there are people who can use that as a control, a controlling behavior. Yeah. And I think it's okay to be flexible with your boundaries. So if you go back to, you know, my example about saying no, it's okay to change your mind, too. It is okay right. to change your mind. Right. And boundaries, set, trying to set boundaries is going to stimulate conversation. And it may stimulate arguments. It's going to shake things up. Mm-hmm. That's part of setting boundaries. So, yeah, the more you can go with it and hear people out, and that will... It can be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Or it can be... It could cause issues, couldn't it? It could, for sure. Something that I notice a lot is if someone is not used to you setting a particular boundary and then you set that boundary, that can be uncomfortable for them. That's a new behavior. And so we will fight against those behaviors or think, oh, they don't like us or they're mad at us when maybe they're just trying to take care of themselves. Right. So let's narrow this bad boy down. All right. What's your favorite out of yours? No, no, no. 
So simple. Move. Yeah. You didn't say move this episode. (laughs) I know. Should we go back and redo them? I know. You know, you couldn't, there's not a good way to squeeze move into this one. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. What was your favorite one? No. No. No is a, what is it? No is a what? Uh, It's a whole sentence. Yeah. That is a cool one. It's, it's pithy, catchy. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. My favorite one is remember you are an individual, meaning you have a right to set boundaries. Don't be shy about taking up for yourself, for setting up your life so that you feel comfortable and you feel respected. Mm-hmm. So many people, as we know, don't feel respected, don't really feel comfortable even. That's a tough way to go through life. It is. And a lot of times it's because your boundaries are, you don't have boundaries. Right, right. So a lot of people, even good intentioned people, just naturally take advantage of people that don't have boundaries, don't you think? Yeah, sometimes. If you are a person who always says yes, people will call on you. If they don't know, it could be the kindest person in the whole world. Maybe your church or your community organization is like Suzanne will definitely participate in this. We should ask her. If you are constantly saying yes and not setting boundaries with stuff, they don't know that they're crossing a boundary. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any uh, wrap-up words for us today? Well, we've got a third one. I like Sarah's philosophy. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Hers was... Setting boundaries with yourself. But yeah, boundaries are often for other people, but we can set boundaries for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sarah. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was brilliant. Thank you. All right. Now are we ready for some final wisdom? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I get so mixed up. <laughs> this is hard work. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Boundaries are an important part of life. I think they're sometimes really difficult to set for people, but I do think it's important for us to teach other people how to treat us. It's such an important part of having a sane life, building self-confidence, self-worth. If you don't have boundaries, it's really hard to do that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You end up kind of defining yourself by other people. Yeah, and you know, if you're having a lot of problems with it, this is another thing that can be helped by having a therapist or a good friend that knows how to set boundaries, help you through it. So yeah, this is the kind of thing you might need a little guidance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Find a boundary-setting mentor if you need to. Right, and of course, there's a, I'm sure there's a million uh, YouTube videos and podcasts that'll lead you through it too. Mm-hmm. So this is our last podcast for this season. It is. We've mm-hmm. this is like number twelve, I believe, and we made it through a season of podcasting. Congratulations! We sure did our first season. Yeah, first we're season. newbies. You know, we don't know a lot about all this, but we've been learning, and I think it's been pretty fun. What do you think? It has been fun, and I got to drag you out from behind the. Yeah, originally I was just going to be the producer and editor, and she was going to do it by herself or with somebody else. And you know, it's it's hard to find somebody else. Uh, it's complicated. So we said, well, maybe I can do it. And 
I've done it. You did. It hasn't been great, but it's been okay and I fun. Think it's been great. But guess what? I'm ready to get behind the microphone. <laughs> so we've talked about some new ideas. So tell us about this new idea. Mm-hmm. Our our new podcast is called Middle Aging, and we're going to talk about what it's like for us Gen Xers to be hitting middle age. We're going to have a new co-host. It'll still be me hosting and. My new co-host will be John Michael, and we'll explore, debate, maybe sometimes we'll agree about what it's like to hit middle age, deal with middle age. Yeah, that is going to be cool. I'm looking forward to Not that I am middle age. I'm a year or two past middle age, but <laughs> now you're talking about you introduced your uh, your new co-host, and you gave us his name. Are you really going to stop there? <laughs> So, the rest of that story is John Michael is my husband. That's a pretty important uh, little detail there. It is. It is. You all aren't going to try to uh, downplay it, are you? No. No. Okay. I, I don't think you can. <laughs> uh, you, I don't think you can. Uh, no, that'd be weird. You guys are going to do a great job. I can't wait to listen and help and edit. And yeah, it's going to be a fun podcast. With the wrap-up of this, I would like to thank you, Greg, for all your hard work on this podcast, editing, setting up um, our virtual squad casts that we we did, bringing all the the equipment, lugging it all to my house. When well, we thank have you, Suzanne. I appreciate person. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, thank you for taking part in this. You know, I approached you a year ago or so. And you said, hey, I've been thinking about podcasting, too. Mm-hmm. And we've known each other for a good while, so we thought we would have the trust and relationship already developed. And, yeah, I think it's been cool. It's been a growth experience, hasn't it? It really has. I also want to thank John Michael, my sister Brooke, my brother Rocket, my mom Jane, and my daughter Kat for their feedback on this podcast. They always gave me, have given me great feedback on this. Yeah, so many people have to help you when you do these kind of things. I'd like to thank Tim Curtis. He's been such a great support. He wrote our catchy theme music. We're going to ask him to write a a new theme music for the new one. And uh, I'd like to thank my wife, Sarah, my mom, Clara, my daughter, Sally. They gave great feedback, feedback and support. And, of course, you listeners out there. Absolutely. It's been great to see people from various parts of the United States and a few here, there, in the world. That's the cool thing about broadcasting these days is that it's everywhere. So it is. we want to thank you out there. It is. Thanks for joining us today. We would still love to have your feedback. You can email us at 3TLBpodcast at gmail.com or also on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Peace in. And peace out. Peace out.